Hi there. We are back for part two with Tracy and Nixie of the ICOC mess. Uh, <laughs> it's just hot mess. Hot mess. Hey man. <laughs> as we are as we are talking to give you a little recap, I knew that I I've obviously had amazing therapy. I know Tracy's had amazing therapy. Enough to buy a house with. Enough mm-hmm. to buy a house with. Imagine that plus everything we gave to the ICOC. No. We'd be billionaires by now. But what I hadn't realized and what I love that Tracy reminds me of because of her amazing memory is that I've blocked out at least 50% of what happened. And it's a coping mechanism. And my counselor has been helping me understand that, that you just, you, you survive and you block out a lot of things. And so talking about it, um, the amazing thing is it doesn't trigger me in a bad way, right. but it helps validate what happened, that we're not crazy. This really happened to us. And one of the things I'm most grateful for with this podcast is that not only is it giving us a voice and a platform, well, actually what I love about podcasts in general is that people that have been silenced and marginalized and told that that just didn't happen are all the gaslighting that's happened just on so many different um, levels, not just in the spiritual community, but just in general, gaslighting humans that when you tell your story, that you're told that you're not remembering it correctly or that didn't happen to you. So when we all come together in the masses and we all tell our stories and they all line up. And you're like, how could it not have happened? For we all remember <laughs> the same thing. Yeah, And that's a great point because mm-hmm. Nixie just said, how could three people Remember the same thing. How about with the numbers that we have ran, how about 1.2 million people? Yeah. And that's the first thing I wanted to get into. I had a professional statistician kind of partner up with people that used to be in leadership of the ICOC, me included, people that were in charge of chronicling, um, keeping track and um, doing the numbers and running the numbers and just keeping track of the growth and the data. They all partnered up and ran. How many people have truly left the ICOC? It's at least 1.2 million people. Makes sense. Makes sense because at the height of the group, I'd say it was about 150,000 people. So if it's 150,000 people and it was a revolving door, And so many people were leaving. And we know because they were called Mm -hmm. followaways. Mm -hmm. And we had to track them down or show them or predict fall. We actually had to predict followaways. We were gone. Oh, my God. I forgot about that. Right. And you and I did where we were like, okay, so we'll get into that in a second because we're going to go over the numbers and how that worked. So we had to not only predict who was going to get baptized, we had to predict who was going to fall away so that we could recalibrate the numbers on where we would end up, mm-hmm. right? Kind of like a gross versus net. Inventory. <laughs> Inventory of humans. Every yeah. Sunday night. Every every Sunday night was a nightmare, plus our budgets. Right. And we had to go pick up tithe, tithe money from people. So, but what I'm getting at is if there's 1.2 million people, 333 of these people have reached out to me. Right. And they're telling their stories and they're emailing and they're texting and they're crying and they're saying, I never felt heard before and I thought I was crazy and how could this happen? 
Some have committed suicide. Some have had tragic scenarios, but it's a spectrum. Right. Mm -hmm. Some people have thrived. I've thrived. I've thrived. We've thrived. But some people haven't. And that's their journey. And that's Mm -hmm. okay. And it's not because they're weak. And it's not because they're sinful, as the church cult would say, that they are now following Satan, and that's why their lives are messed up. No, Einsteins, it's because it's called trauma recovery. Mm -hmm. So they're trying to recover from the trauma. So you don't get to label them as fallaways or sinful or weak, which we all know you love to do. Weak and struggling. Weak and struggling. They're struggling. Well, that's why this is happening to her. As if you guys have the mind and authority of God. You don't. So people have had a spectrum of different pathways and journeys of their recovery. But if there's 1.2 million people that are now raising their hand and speaking out and reaching out, feeling validated that this is helping their healing process, that's why we're doing this. And it's not just the ICOC. It's anyone who's had a, a cultic experience or a cultic relationship. It's helping people understand that giving over the reins and the keys to your life is not okay. And it's actually okay to take them back and say, hell no, I don't sell crazy here anymore. Bye-bye, I'm done. And then you don't get to just go on and try to cover up what you've done by gaslighting them and naming them all sorts of things whether it's bitter or crazy or weak or struggling or sinful or following Satan. Okay, we're kind of done with that. The gig is up. There's enough of us speaking out now that it just makes you all look bad. So just how about you just stop? Just stop doing that. Okay, because it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing for yourself. So that's how I feel about that, Tracy. (laughs) I I had to get that out. Part of the reason I had to get that out was because Tracy is reminding me of so much shit. I apologize. <laughs> no, no. I don't apologize. You don't apologize. It's, it's just, good. It's good to know. It's good to know. It's good to get it out. And she's reminding me stuff of what I did. And I owned that. Yes, I was me brainwashed. Too. Me too. But we all own it. ICOC, you might want to try that on for size. Own your shit. And then you might do a little bit better than your shrinking numbers, okay? Because the gig is up. Anyways, okay, so let me let me go back into what I was let me go back into what I was gonna say. Because after that little recap of the large number of followaways that are finally strong enough to talk, we are going to take a little a little trip down memory lane. <sighs> and we thought we would add in what I call humorous coping mechanisms <laughs> about what happened with leadership in some of the leadership meetings, but also with the money. Because I swear to God, I might be a billionaire right now had <laughs> I not given so much money to this group, right? So we're going to dig into that. But first, what I want to do, again, is pass the ball, i.e. Mike, to Tracy because I'm going to have her do a recap also of, of her and I's relationship. 
and how I was integral in her conversion conversion process. You were there when I was dipped in somebody's jacuzzi. That's right. I was there. (laughs) I was a part of the brainwashing. I was definitely um, all in into bringing her into the cult. But I have to say, and and she might disagree, but I'll, I'll let her say it. I have to say, I felt like we always had a connection. Yes. That there was, it was like I was like a little sister protecting her. Absolutely. And there was many times, I have to say, I got in trouble. Absolutely. For not attacking you. Absolutely. Where I would say, no, I'm not doing that. Or no, that's not right. Or not little Tracy is what I heard later on. What was that? I heard later on that um, I my ex-husband at the time went to tell you the <laughs> problems I was causing in Orange County. And you said... Tracy? Little Tracy? <laughs> I can't believe it. And when you say I don't little think Tracy, she would do that. I would like to add that I was 5'7, 101 pounds. I suffered terribly from anorexia and bulimia. You were skin and bones. I was. And 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 I never felt like I could fit in. I'm, I'm a Latina. I'm multicultural. Right. Multicultural Jew. There's a lot going on here. But I couldn't <laughs> fit in with the Latin sector. Am I Spanish? Horrific. You went to the state. <laughs> and I didn't clearly fit in with the white people who thought you could fix that nose, you could fix your boobs, we could change hey, but, your clothes. But restate that. You were told you needed to get a nose job. I did. I was I was told, you know what, we could you could have that fixed. Oh God. Yeah. And I never I yeah, I never it was not you. It wasn't it was me. Not you. And if and I, I would have known, I would have been but pissed. I think the thing is, yeah. is that what any cult is good at is pulling people away that are too close. The people that will object are not in those meetings. So very quickly, so I, yeah, and and I learned later on that I was one of the first as a married couple to be pulled into the full-time ministry that quickly. So I was converted by you. Yeah. And within two months, within two months, a little less than that, I was in the full-time ministry with my ex-husband. Right. And so. The husband that, in case they didn't hear part one, the husband that you entered the cult with. Yes. We had been married a couple of years. Um. I got married at 18 to get away from my family. And and I not a slight to anyone, but you can take it as you want to. When you have somebody who's maybe a Latina and somebody who's Japanese coming into a very white group, we're like gold. Because <laughs> it's like the interracial you, know, you check those boxes. You, they we check so many boxes you right the now. Interracial, but you've checked the Latina and the Japanese right. box. And he didn't speak Japanese, and I don't speak Spanish. <laughs> I speak Hebrew now. It's not. It's it, my Spanish is a little. Uh, that's getting, that's getting a there. lot. That's it's a lot. coming a long way. Yeah. So during that time, it's important to remember that again. I had no family at that point. I came from an abusive family. I was looking to be loved and appreciated. You were looking to belong. I was looking to belong. I all of a sudden had this really beautiful friend. Aww. I had a mother figure and the woman who converted me. Yeah. But very quickly, even she turned on me because I all of a sudden, against my will, I was being raised into leadership. Yeah. And a lot of people didn't like it. Correct. And so it was a lot of personal jabs at my physical, how I dress, appearance, my nose, my clothes. I was torn apart. And I didn't understand that at the time. She doesn't look like everyone else. Yeah, because I'm Latina. You just can't figure it out. <laughs> I don't fit into the, oh, were you once a model? No, I'm five, six and a half. No one's <laughs> ever come for me. 
you know, and I was, and I will say that I did have scholarship offers to colleges. I was trained by the Joffrey Ballet. I remember oh that. But I remember that. And I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to. I forgot Don't get that. mad at me. Okay, come on. I remember saying I, I wanted to go back into that industry. Oh, I remember this. And you said pretty girls like you are a dime a dozen. Oh, I did not. You did. I did not. And that's okay. Because later uh, on, I heard somebody say that to drink you. Drink that wine, show. Okay, wait. Say, <laughs> I'm going to say that again because it's really Ooh. important. Okay, say it again. And this is what somebody else who apologized to me 19 years later said, I was told the same thing. So you just, quite honestly. Regurgitating. You were a parrot. Yeah. In all honesty, yeah. you were a parrot to say, you know, I had moved to closer to Pasadena so that I could audition for certain things and right. whatnot. And, 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 it, and it, granted, I probably wasn't high on the talent mark at that moment. I did think later on I would find my talent in my, yeah. in my 30s and definitely it's my 40s. But at that time, it was, it was, let's just tear you down so you have nothing to depend on but me. That's the goal. It is the goal. The goal is to dehumanize you. So it you, is. So you depend upon you, the cult. You know, and so it was your your mousy. I think you used the word mousy, but I, I used the word mousy. You did. I did. You, 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 you used the word mousy on me. You need to change if someone's going to take you responsible. You know, you know, I'm not responsible. If someone's going to take you serious, you we've got to change the way you look. Right. And, and I remember, because it was during the time before cell phones, I remember you getting a call from somebody annihilating you on my appearance and you're like got it got it got it and then hung up you just need to dye your hair <laughs> you know and i knew that's not what i oh heard God, i feel like i have to put my glasses back on it feels like therapy i knew that's not and i know i will also say my weirdest moment on the planet okay. and again Come i'm on. not i know you had children no, no. with him wait. i showed up hey okay, wait wait back it up your, your former church, church husband. husband and you and i we're telling people what to do with their children and you and I could barely take care of our pets. <laughs> we could barely take care of ourselves, Tracy. And so I came children. at night and I was going to tell you how I felt that I heard this conversation about my parents. I, and then, and again, as an anorexic, I was going to tell you, I knew I was fat and I'm trying to work on it. I showed up at your house and I kid you not, I've never mentioned this to you. Come on. I'm I'm here for it. I'm Your totally church here. husband was singing loud at night, Neil Diamond karaoke. <laughs> Mika. Okay. Come on. Yes, I know. And I was Come like, on. I can't. Come on. I know this she song. knows this story. <laughs> now I have no friends because you, from right. leaving the from leaving to become in the full-time ministry, you said you have to get rid of your family and your all your friends now. So I gave up. I had a work right. family I was very close to. Right. I was so close to them. And I went back years later and apologized. We've had great talks. Two of the people I went back that I was very close to, they'd already died. Yeah, that's very sad. And she said, we knew there was no talking to you. Yeah, because you were brainwashed. And so it was, I had no family. Now I have no family. I come to tell you, I've overheard this conversation. I of us talking about your appearance. Of my, yeah, okay. and how you were not, you were not taking, you were not, rebuking me and you were not doing I wasn't you rebuking you hard enough they right said. and that and would I, come later and that right. would I would spend the next 12 years being yelled at every day mm -hmm. and I would say I was with couples that would yell at each other so bad that I either got sick from them or I saw them throw furniture at each other right or whip their kids in the bathroom yeah with a wooden spoon and again I and so I tried to tell people as they say Christian cults aren't that bad I say I went 
to workshops in Orange County by elders on how to hit babies. Can I interject? Yes. I've never told the story before. My discipler at the time, you know, our handlers, we all had handlers, came to my house and said, my children were disobedient. I had two babies. 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 Yes. And brought a special wooden spoon for me to beat beat my child with. The rod. Because there's a scripture in the Old Testament that says, spare the rod, spoil spoil the child. child." Right? So she brings a special spoon because one of my my children was being disobedient. And I remember I took this spoon and I go, this spoon? And I was pissed as hell. And I didn't care if I got fired because I was getting ready to resign and I was done. I wanted to leave my church husband. I took the spoon and I go, this spoon? I go, come here. I walked her to my backyard when we lived in San Dimas. Mm -hmm. We had like a little cement partition. I took the spoon and I threw it over the fence and I go, there's your spoon. If you want it, go get it. And you're lucky that you had the... The will to do that, I didn't. But I wouldn't have I unless I was it, willing to quit I my job. It, I used it on my son. Right. And and that technique of yelling and timeout and what we called a pow-pow at the time. Oh, give him a pow-pow. Oh, do you remember that? No, Lead. No. You want my, pow-pow? My, my kid knows the pow-pow. <laughs> you want pow-pow? Led my children, and at least the first two, into huge bouts of anxiety and depression. Your children? Yes. Yeah. And so there was no... Later on, and I've talked to people who are still in the church that say that was my greatest sin was believing that. That are still in the, yes. the ICOC. Yes, or who have not denounced it. Because sometimes you can leave now. You can leave silently. Oh, great times. Where I leave and say, you almost killed me. Right. And so that was a huge thing for me. And the other thing for me was the financial <clears throat> devastation that was left behind. So when I, again, I had only gone into the ministry under two months from when I had been converted, when I went after a scandal, oh, sorry, back into the workforce, I still worked full-time ministry hours because the elder believed I could do it. Right. They were using you. So normally you could only counsel or whatever two people. I was doing 10 while working a full-time job with a child. Right. And so during that time, if you wanted to be converted, I needed to see your pay stubs. Oh, yeah, let's get into it. I needed to see your pay stubs so that I could make sure you were giving 10% of what you were needed, what you needed to. Right. So later on, I saw a psychologist and he said, and again, he was not trained. Now I think they're more trained. I give them materials to read. I read my own. And he said, what crime is being committed? Now, as a 46-year-old woman, I can say, I know the crime. And this is the crime. The crime is we take 10%. But not just 10%. Well, no, we're going to move it. We'll move. We're going to take 10% to start. But if somebody in your group doesn't mm-hmm. make it for that week, before Sunday, I don't know what you need to do. You need to get the 10% from everybody underneath mm-hmm. you. Or give it yourself. And I, that included gluing yourself. Now, yeah. in order to taxes, it meant us writing a personal check to those other people. Right. So then you think, okay, this is how it comes along. It wasn't until years later, we used to give what was called special missions. I was supposed to go to other countries. Oh, I did to that. Build, my, to build the church. Yeah. To I, build the church. Wait. So it ha- now I look and I'm like, oh, Tracy. It was every tax season. You gave 30%. 
Yeah. Of your normal type. It just happened. How lucky were we? <laughs> it fell into tax what a coincidence. So for 13, 14 years, they got all of our tax money. Now, let's say that wasn't enough. And you wanted to be invited to the special dinner of the special givers. Yeah, money oh, givers. Oh my the, god, I forgot. The, you forgot the about that. Big money givers. Oh, now hey, that isn't. We made it one time. Did you? <laughs> so we if you did time. that every year, it would equate to be with your special contribution, according to our tax person, thirty-five to forty-five percent of what you made per year. Per year. Oh. There is the crime. And, and but wait, you got a big fat steak dinner if you were a special. Giver. Well, not if you were on staff and had to oh. serve it. Oh, that's true. <laughs> Thanks, Tracy. Yeah, so we, didn't, we didn't even get the steak. So here's the thing that remember, later gosh, on, I so I that. leave, so it's 21. I leave at 33. At 32, during my divorce, my ex-husband and I get audited. Because the last two years, we were kind of running from the church, but we still felt the responsibility to give. Of course you did. So we were giving, but we didn't want the, them to know our address. So we gave in cash. Now I know, as I know many lawyers because not the stereotype of we're Jewish but I have a lot of <clears throat> lawyer friends yeah it could have gone by previous record but at the time during the divorce again my ex-husband and I were in the gutter of life yeah he said go ahead and audit us the IRS could not believe we were so stupid to give that much money right so we had to pay it back oh so you hold up back the train up you so, so for you, those two years we had to give back $18,000 of cash to the IRS. To the IRS. You mean your so, tithe your your tithe money. So I was married for 16 years. Okay, I'm getting pissed. I'm sorry. I waived alimony. I waived very I got very little child support. So after yeah, again getting, seven lines sister. 16 17 <laughs> years for somebody who made six figures. Yeah. I walked away with $532 a month because I wanted my ex-husband to carry that fee. But he carried that to pay the IRS off because they could not believe somebody was that stupid to give that much money. I think people... It was yeah. years before he could pay it off, even, I think, to the close of his starting marriage, uh, of, his, of his new marriage. <clears throat> and people are like, why didn't you get anything? And I had to explain. I could have easily said it was his fault. But really... The bottom line is we had been so screwed by how we had been treated. And again, I run a synagogue now. I know the sanctity of being a nonprofit. Right. I can barely make running what I run now. But the audacity to demand 10% and to demand your taxes and above is outrageous. It is a crime. And then here's the thing. We had a couple above us. Let's call her Bev. And they mocked us. You guys have no money. I can't believe you bought a house. You have no retirement because I paid for your salary. Right. Right. I paid for you to go on that retreat. Because when we found out later, and this is what a friend of mine, we had a meltdown at the, at the back of the church. It was pretty pathetic. Um, <laughs> I don't know why we just didn't think we had the autonomy to leave. So me and this other gentleman. Because of what had been done to our brains, Tracy. We had both had the experience that we didn't get permission to have our first children after many years of marriage. Mm -hmm. And he said, here's the kicker of this letter. The number that they tell you is, is they, took, they took our income. Yeah. 
of peanuts and averaged it out with theirs. Right. So it looked like we were made to give it a living wage. Right. We weren't. So at the very end, when this letter came out, I was with the main... Wait, the Henry Crete letter. The Henry Crete letter. Yeah. I was with the main elder at that time. And so I stood up. Initials, initials, please. Uh, BWRW, I wrote you a letter. (laughs) (laughs) It wasn't a love letter. Did you get it? (laughs) No, she got it. And she let me know was, she's sorry, I felt that way. Right. Okay. So so let's go back. Let me go back to say this. Let me go back to say this. I'm sorry they you stood in front way. of a group in Newport Beach yeah. with our good friends. And he said, so here we have demanded to see paycheck stubs from the history of our movement. Right. From where I was at in the East Region to Orange County. We had demanded to see paycheck stubs. <clears throat> yeah. We said, what do you make exactly? And BW said, the state of California says, I do not have to disclose that to you. Because wow. that's what Jesus would do. And right? a doctor in the group at the time said, you wanted to see my paycheck stubs. What do you want to see? And again, W said, the state of California said, I don't have to disclose it. And again, his numbers were mixed in with the people who made nothing. I, at one point, did the math. I worked for 28 cents an hour. Yeah, I know. 28 cents an hour. I not only did business things, three women's days, I scrubbed toilets. Uh, me too. Of people Rochelle. and babysit it. Yeah. Kids. I know. I did whatever we did you it. needed to, especially with us as we didn't have kids. We were told that we had all this time, you know? Yeah. And so it was interesting to see later on that as, and I'm grateful for where I'm at only because of my husband. And I'm grateful to see where my ex-husband is with his wife. Your church husband. My ex-church husband. Yes. yes. We're grateful that we even have homes and nice lives because the church did it wiped me personally yeah. and my ex-husband. It wiped us Out. of autonomy yeah. and it wiped us financially. Right. Right. And you can make fun of us for it. And people did make fun of us for it. My And I, and, and on top of it, I'm going to add in there because I feel bold today. <laughs> uh, I'm going to add in as the Latina and I won't, I won't throw you under the bus. Shell. No, please. I, I'm very comfortable under the bus. Um, but this has been <laughs> racial talks that I've had with my son yesterday. My son. One of my sons. I have yes. another son, Kaz. Yes. Um, the racial things that we heard. Right. Of course. And nobody could say my name before. And don't. I mean, you should keep your head where it's at right now so no one can see your reaction. The, and people didn't know it was racist to say my last name without sounding like they were trying to say it like they were Japanese. Ah, right. That was how people said it. Yeah, I remember that. And and I remember we had a leader. Let's just call him Bob, big mm-hmm. boy. He's uh, very short. RK. Yeah. And he said he would tell my ex husband in the back. He would say, "Who's that homo laughing over there?" So when oh, no. I hear people have yeah. changed, you know what? Those people who spoke like that. Their asses should have been on a phone calling people. I know. Oh, we didn't do this and that. Like we did. Back up. And like I did. We did. And I, and I have to say, and I'm not trying to, you know, pat you on the back here. We had very little bad interaction because you were very protective of me. Mm-hmm. And I kind of was scared for you. I thought you were going to die. <laughs> I almost did. Um, so, and we were separated yeah. quickly. We were. We were. You know Why? Because you and I banded together. Right. And, and we so were they scary saw that to them. And, and it was too much for them. Yes. So they had to separate and throw me with somebody who was 
horrific. Now, I will say to that person's credit, at the time of the letter, they called me up crying. I don't think they realized the impact yet. Right. But I, I was already through PTSD at that point, and I was living in Corona. I was still in the church, but I wanted to kill myself. Right. I remember that, Tracy. And to, to say, I'm in a hospital because I don't want to kill myself. My ex-husband won't come pick me up. You were in a hospital at this point. I was. Like, be, I was like, in Corona Regional Medical Center. Right. And nobody would come pick me up because if my ex-husband would have had to report it to the church. But yet elders from that area and their sector leaders would come down to me and say, you're just having a hard time. Would you like to lead this group of a couple hundred of people? Oh, my. <laughs> and it, it, was, uh... it was so painful. And so when people say, well, what? damage can a Christian cult do? I'm here to tell you they can wipe out. They can kill you. Your autonomy. They can wipe out your ability, your finances. Your ability to problem solve. And you. Know, so when I later on left the church, which is a huge thing, um, I actually had my boyfriend at the time. I said, follow me in the shopping cart behind me. I don't tell me anything. Because I had never been grocery shopping as a grown adult with two children. By at 33. 34 by myself right because people had followed me wherever i went when i left the church and said i'm done with you guys i ran up into my bedroom in the temecula valley locked my door and the cult leaders would not leave right knocking on my door for me to come to come down the stairs they would not leave. When I got a job at the time, there's not a lot of jobs where I live. I went to pushing carts. Everybody from the church came in and mocked me. Of course they did. I And I, to this day, people that I was there when they got engaged, never, I they came to my kids' party. They've come to my house, but I've never been invited to their houses ever. Right. I've been invited to one backyard. I will say that. I got invited to one person's backyard. Mm-hmm. And then it was no more. We're not, and people that were very close to me, the church where I lived at the time when I got divorced, they, my friends are very upset. This is how you treated her. This is how, and it's don't let Satan get in there. You know this one. Yeah, yeah. Let me give you this role. Do you want to go to London? Because we're having this big thing over here. Right. And gave my BFF at the time a position so that she could be higher in the church to get away from me. Right, of course. So it's all of those kind of things where people are like, well, was it a, was there, there was no UFOs, there was no sex cult. Hey, I might have enjoyed the action. <laughs> but at the time, <laughs> but at the time, people don't understand when the techniques are the same, it can follow you anywhere. Yeah. It doesn't have to be, and, and you are going to see a lot more. I've seen a lot where I live um, in different beliefs. Yeah. And I think that is so cultish. How do you guys not see it? Google it. Google. Right. Google. Right. Because we didn't have that. You and I know. We didn't have Google. We, it was spiritual pornography. Well, if you looked up anything online. So when I got divorced, I thought, I'm going to be a rebel. I'm going to watch Sex in the City. <laughs> I love that show. I know. I, did I didn't even thing. like it. But I watched it because I was told not to. So when you can think on your own to think... And I had the way I left my marriage was a mess because I did not think I had the self autonomy to say, Tracy's out. Yeah. I'm out. I came up with the most stupid plans on the planet to convince people and say, here's my sin. Why don't, and, then, and then I didn't leave that because then they brought me back in again. Yeah. 
let's just bring you before the church a couple of times. Let's tell every personal detail from the pulpit every Sunday until all your friends are screaming. Stop doing this to her. Yeah. But in the end, those people left. And I, I do. I have a huge following on Facebook. <laughs> JewishLatina.com. <laughs> um, but you know what? I, and, I, and I can forgive a lot, but I don't forget because I wrote emails to many of those people in the church. I didn't know where you were at because I heard you were struggling. Or struggling. Right. Wait, what year did you leave? I left, I only know is I left a couple of months from for you, and I'm not trying to blow your mind on this one. I've said this before. The only reason why I know that is because somebody said, someone's talking about you on Facebook. About you? About, about me. me and you. So your church husband at the time wrote, oh, my church husband, yes. I think my wife just pulled a Tracy. Yes, yes. Pulled and, a Tracy. and I was like... I remember you know, that. But he, but even the, the, the bottom, I can't even remember the, the girl's name that did that. Uh, I will tell you another time. Okay. Yeah. But even to the point to that is that here I came out, I had literally had and my and my and again he would probably say that he did held it he did he would do differently now. Yeah. But my ex husband at the time had called my family. So I had absolutely zero people. He pulled my insurance. I had absolutely zero antidepressants at the time. Yeah. So I was crying, couldn't get off the floor. Look at you. Look what you've become. I had nothing. Not one friend left. Right. People I wrote to that were my disciples in the past. I emailed, help me, blah, blah, blah. Only contacted me when life was going well. Right, of course. So to that, those kind of things, um, I didn't have your email because I remember looking. But nobody would give it to me because you were struggling. Right. Um, Not only was I struggling... I was divisive. You were divisive and yes. I couldn't, nobody would give me your info. Yeah. And blah, 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 I was blah, a problem blah. for them. You were a problem. But again, from the time I was 21 to 33, to be talked out of college. Right. Wait, you were told you weren't college I was material. told I was college, I wasn't college material. And the only people that were college material in our group were white people. Right. I am multicultural, Latina, Jew. I've never fit in. Yeah. I never even fit in with the Latin community. They don't want me either. <laughs> now they would want me, yeah, right? Now yeah. that I know a little bit of Spanish and, you know. Yeah. But I've always said I'm a Latina, you know, I'm Jewish. This is who I am. And it wasn't enough for them. Yeah. Which is fine. Okay. Right. But at that time, when you're wiped out with everything. Yeah. And you can't go to school, you're not smart enough. Well, they say you're not smart enough. And and so yeah. here's the thing. So at the time, later on, I met now my now husband of 14 years. Almost 14 years. But he was in shock to see what somebody like me had gone through. And he said, why didn't you go to college? And I said, oh, let me tell you. So and so said I'm not college <laughs> material. Right. And he was like, what? I was teaching art in the schools. Yeah. I was doing different art exhibitions. I now still, I'm a miniaturist when, I, when my house is. I do all sorts of crazy stuff. And I lead a synagogue in Hebrew. So obviously I got a little something. Right. right. But at the time when you're told that, when you're told you're homely, you're not cute, you need to have your nose done. It's your clothes. No man would ever want you. I don't know what it's like to not be that feminine. Right. Yeah. It just every time takes a part of you away and you're left with nothing. Right. So when I left, I took a trip only to Corona and back from where I live, which is only 30 miles. Yeah. 38 miles. And nobody cared where I was at. And that was the first time in my life that it happened. 
Right. But again, people were looking for me later. It wasn't until two years ago that I ever went on a day trip by myself from an hour away. I went to a museum. It was the only time where nobody was looking for me. Mm. I had not had the self-autonomy to go anywhere else. Right. And challenge that. I still kind of went back into that. This is who I am. And maybe that comes with being in my 40s now. I heard somebody didn't like me the other day. So they can kiss my ass. Screw you. Yeah. You know, you yeah. can kiss my cellulite ass. I don't really <laughs> care. This is how I'm doing it since I'm doing the work. Right, right. But I didn't have that voice. And I, and I look back and I think, gosh, I had been trained in musicals and singing. I went to acting school. I went to ballet school. But when I went to this church, I was shit. Right. But do you understand why they do that, right? And, and at the same time, it's like I look back now and I, I lead a group of singing people. Now, granted, it's in Hebrew and who knows what it sounds like. <laughs> but um, now I look back and think I had something the whole time and, and I let them steal it from me. So there's that guilt of, oh, that regret of, right. oh, I- you stole that from me. Right. You know, and, and, and that's okay because I can own that. I have to own what part of me thought it was okay to do that. I let well, you do that because... I didn't love myself. Right. I did that because I thought that I wasn't right with God. Right. You know, and so I left that divorce. Literally, literally, I had no friends. It was hilarious, you know, <laughs> to have a phone and to have nobody who who cared or that would take my calls. And I just thought, I have to be able to do something here. Yeah. There has to be something here. And, and I'm like, you know what? The girl who doesn't talk, she's going to find her voice. Yeah. And she's going to tell you all to suck it. I went to school. Weird. I was like an honor student. What? You know, right. I hadn't been knocked up for my last child, which I love. <laughs> I thought of going to law school. How was that possible for somebody who wasn't college material? Right. How do I do what I do now for somebody who wasn't college material? And so I, I, I look at that again as a multicultural woman. I look at what my children have been through. I look at, I did, and I've said this to, to Nixie that, and not that you can't understand this, yeah. but as somebody who is a minority, was at the time, especially married to someone who was minority, white people got paid more. They were given more opportunity. They were prettier in the sense that people thought white people should be. I was never going to fit right. that. I agree with you. Yeah. And so it was kind of those things together you know, and being the troublemaker, I did say, this is not okay with me. And again, and I, listen, I'm not going to say that I could have made my first marriage. Um, I, you know, had we not been in the church, but the damage was so severe and he had chosen a church view over me. Yeah, he did. He did. That he sold me out. There was no, you know, there was no way <clears throat> That that was ever was going to. Now, again, I wasn't ready to get married, blah, 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 blah. But we didn't have a chance because of how he allowed the church to treat me. And he was very angry with me that I didn't fit into that church mold. Right. It was, oh, there's Tracy getting in trouble again. Or there's Tracy getting in trouble with so-and-so. And I, I did create a lot of waves. And now I look back, I think, wow, what a badass. But at the time, I felt so alone. Yeah. I felt like, how am I going to do this? Right. You know, have I lost friends that I never thought I would lose? Yes. But at the end, I think, then you know what? That's I'm not going to apologize anymore for who I am. 
right. think it's really important that you're saying that, Tracy. I'm, I'm listening to you, and I've been listening to a lot of podcasts about different cults and stuff, and it's like the same message where people um, feel like they, they're they so afraid. And right. for you to come out and be able to say it, I think it's going to help people to say, like, I you're empowering people, you know, right. like, but the little power that you feel, like if you're vocal about it, you'll become who you're supposed to be. And, but and there's been backlash with that. Well, yeah, but it doesn't, it doesn't matter because you're going to be authentically who you're supposed to be, you but know, and feel hurts. comfortable. It does all that, all that stuff, because everybody has a different experience. It's not, I mean, this is about cults in general. Right. This is what happens. This is the pain that you're experiencing you're experiencing. And even if you don't even realize that, I mean, we've talked about how we, we came in and we actually participated. Right. You guys worked for, for the cult. Yeah. I was in leadership with the cult and I, I carry that. And, and any opportunity that I have to apologize and to say, man, I didn't know what the hell I was doing to influence someone or to put them in a place where you know, they can't function in life. We don't know where people are coming from. I think people are looking to be part of something and looking to be loved, to be loved or whatever. You know, you're looking to be part of something, to be loved, to connect. I think in general, I think it's really important to talk about these things because people always feel that way. And when people who are listening and who are, you know, who are like, do I want to be part of this organization? Do I want to be part of this? They can hear you speak. I'm like this. I, I mean, I'm like, listen, I'm entranced by what you're saying. Even though I saw a lot of, I saw, I didn't know. I was there, but I didn't know. Why didn't I know? Because I was in denial. Well, I was in, in the bubble. You know, you were, you, no, you were doing exactly what was expected. Right. And and it's like, it, but we it, it's were, like. We were all in our own battle. I know. But sometimes yeah. we could say we were our own common enemy because we were produced we were also we also participated and we in this ugly until we left and we're like oh, no you know this is not okay and i and i think that that's really important for people to hear it's like even people who are in something and they're in there it's like we have to live by our conscience it's almost like we're giving our conscience over to something else and to somebody else or so, to something some other yeah. belief even though we know like there was a part of me that was so broken and I, and I became part of this because I was so broken and, and it was giving me some kind of relief, but then it really wasn't because it was such a heavy burden and a heavy responsibility. It's a heavy balloon. It's a heavy balloon. And, and so I'm listening to you. It's like, we never meant what we meant to do is something good, but we need to, we it was need exploited. To, and yeah, it was exploded. Mm -hmm. It was exploited and we almost it turned into something else. Exactly. And so even if intentional, unintentional, like I don't want to judge people because I feel like well, I don't want to judge people. No, no, no. And I know that you <laughs> No, there's some people definitely I judge, you know? There's some people that try to apologize to me. I'm like, no, bitch, I cannot forgive you. Sorry. But that's, but that's you the went too far. Part of you. Yeah, and it is because I feel like there's some people who don't realize it, but there's some people. It's in their nature. Well, no, I, I even take it a step further back. The people that really were abusive to me, two things. They either, one, the main common thing is they did think they were better than me. Hmm. And, you know, you can say, oh, I did this because blah, 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 blah. There were some people who were empathetic by nature. I would list you as one of them. 
Um, I, we didn't, obviously you and I didn't have enough interaction to no, know, I totally agree but with I that. would, I would be told, go yell at somebody. And they're like, did you yell? And I'm like, I sure as hell did. <laughs> and I didn't, I took them out to eat yeah. <laughs> or we sat down and cuddled and watched movies because we were so afraid. Yeah. And so no, there were those kind of people. And when later in life or in the, in my life in the cult, I would hear things that would happen to people and I would make 10 phone calls. Mm-hmm. I would be calling people, you're going to meet with me right now with so-and-so, and you're going to apologize to them. And maybe they did. And that's the empathetic part of me that hurts for people more yeah. than it might hurt for myself. Right. But the other thing is, you know, when I look at people, and again, I'm, I'm trying to, mm, but there's a part of people that really did believe they were better. I think we get paid that. more because we were better than you. Oh, yeah. I was, I'm prettier than I totally you. I remember that. this one woman telling me, you still know what it was like. Because when I was expected as a model and I was the blah, blah, I'm like, F you. You know, there was time I was almost pulled into a car. I was luckily, I was lucky to get out of the sexual assault. It was in Huntington Beach. Yeah. I showed up at a meeting <gasps> and I told people what had happened to me. You showed I up was at a almost, church meeting. Yes. Yeah. With women. And I said, a man tried to pull me in a car. He had no pants on, blah, 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 blah. And she said, that happens to me all the time. Why do you think you're special? Let's move on. Is this going to dictate your day? And again, my ex-husband listened to that person. Mm-hmm. So I go through something incredibly traumatic oh my God. because basically she was saying she's so good looking. It happens to her all the fucking time. Mm-hmm. Right. And you it just happened it. to you once. Please, bitch. You know, <laughs> so it was Yo, still a mo- it wasn't until the me Too, the me too movement that I thought that was something that happened to me yeah. that these people refused to admit. Right. Or I was asked to hide sin for other people and take the blame for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. Me too. Big shit from people who were leaders. you got to do whatever it protects to protect so-and-so and so-and-so. We're having you take the blame. And I was like, and I did. Mm-hmm. Big, you know what I'm talking I about. I know what you're talking about. And it was hardcore. And I do remember, um, I've never shared this with you. This is another one. I was hiding out in your house. Okay. And you said, you have the right to leave. I would leave your husband right now. <laughs> I did. <laughs> okay, wait. Come on. Give me a high five. Wait, <laughs> wait. No, it gets better. I'm very proud of myself. And you right said, now. I would run from here as fast as I could. <laughs> Go back to your mom's house. And so I went back and told this lady, Bev, what Bev? you said. And she said. Okay, wait, wait, wait. Yes. <laughs> okay, we and know who said, you are. And she said, well, does she have to live your marriage? like oh shit (laughs) no but you had given and you're gonna know when i say this now you had given me the keys to your ford explorer at the time okay where i got a ticket and forgot about it i don't remember and your oh my god i don't remember and your church i forgot about it totally because again i'm in panic mode the church gave me three days to move i was told by the elder that was never to bring it up again i didn't in my own marriage for over 11 years okay I got a ticket in your Ford Explorer and I forgot to tell you. And later on, your ex-husband said, did you get a ticket in this? You're like, what the F? I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) It was a huge parking ticket that was from me. Okay. Anyway, everyone's like, no spiritual person would have given you that advice. (laughs) 
And I'm like, that was the one time in my life where I thought, finally, I have an out. That would have saved me half. Of course, I wouldn't have had my children, blah, 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 blah. My point is when somebody tells you how you're going to even react to horrible things and you're going to take the blame. I was told this person that my ex had had an emotional affair with that was not even going to be in the building and she walked in. Mm. And I was told you're going to go to counseling with her. You're going to wear a dress, one of her dresses to a function because you don't have any money. Wow. And you're going to have to hold her in the fetal position and listen to her. What? Yeah. What? I held her. She apologized and then continued to want to leave with my ex-husband. <laughs> look at her face. Wait, look, look at Nixie's face. <laughs> and so the... <laughs> what is happening? <laughs> I couldn't tell my best friends what had happened. It was an emotional affair. What? But I couldn't tell my best friends what had happened because this was a leader and their offspring. <laughs> you have three days to get out of your house. Don't tell your friends or your family and never repeat it to your ex-husband ever again. And I did. I did exactly what they wanted me to do. No wonder why I couldn't eat a meal. Wow. So many years later, I got divorced. <sighs> this woman popped up on my Facebook. Let's call her Becky. <laughs> and she requested to be my friend. And I wrote back, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> yeah. Still like, in the church. church. I'll come here. Still. <laughs> I don't care how old you were. We were friends. We were very close in age. Yeah. At the time. And I could not believe the audacity that the people of this place had to think I had to overlook it. The body shame. I had to wear her clothes oh, to an event. Oh, God. Okay, here's what I'm, I'm thinking. Because... Oh, okay. God. I know you're Shut up now. Oh. Shut the front door. Oh, my. It happened. No, I, I believe it. Meet. Because I know, because Shella and I have been close for a long time. Mm-hmm. And I saw her, like, Shella and her church husband lived with us for a while because... We did. Yeah, we did. Oh, thank God. I, I had to... Okay, that's No, they story. moved in with us. Oh, Lord. But I didn't... We, like, the church was kind of get... They my my church husband and, yes. and me to to work for the church. And I said, no, thank you. I'm going to college to be a teacher. <laughs> okay. And and he wanted he to work for the church. Material. You know, I was just like, uh, and he's like, no, no, no. I did not live the end of it because I moved for the church from a different area. They moved us like we, we got married and I had no idea I was going to live because the elders got together with us right before our wedding mm. and said, hey, you know, you know, we want you to leave the church and, you know, in this area and blah, 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 blah. Because there was some Asian in there. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Asian yeah. Hispanic. Oh, man. Ooh, we're on. Like okay. Yeah, we, we were like yeah, gold. I remember. Especially because, you know, in this right. area, there's a mix of that. And so we went on our honeymoon. We had no idea we were going to live when we got back. So right. they told us we were going to live when we moved. And it, it's just, it was such a, like, it was so different for us, you know? And just to think, like, because I know... Like what you're saying, because they they wanted us to work for the church, but I also thought, mm, you know, like this, I can't do it, you know. And I know, you know, because Shell and you know, Shell, I saw Shell go through all of these things. Like she worked her ass off. She worked her ass off. Twenty four hours a day. Twenty four yeah, hours, and she was having. Yeah. She had so much anxiety because <laughs> yeah, she had something. She had a twitch, you know, and everything. <laughs> You know, because she was trying to manage her how family she life. Salad was a whole nother thing. Oh yeah. To get oh to no, don't, don't don't get me started on how her ex ate nuts. You know, because <laughs> it was like 
just oh, wait until he spits an orange in your face. Oh, my God. Do you remember that so, one? Oh, my God. You remember so, that one? Yes. I could top you on that one, girlfriend. Oh, oh but then I saw, like, I felt like they were trying to, they were trying to move us up into working for the cult and I'm like no I'm well, that not was, that was the goal but I also so I was able to from the outside like right there at, I feel like I was like on the edge and seeing what you guys were going through and what they were asking of you I mean yeah. we're talking about you guys were like below the high leadership the high well, leadership me, we're me, living in like let me scare you even more I me and my church husband at the time had found favor with somebody who was working with what do we call the 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 leader of the whole thing? Kit McKean, right? Oh, right now, say oh, his name because oh. he's batshit. Crazy. At the time, mm-hmm. in the tea ministry, my uh, church husband and I had had, had crazy <clears throat> numbers. We were doing well. Oh, you were converting a lot of people, and and we were very successful. Yeah, and we found favor with Kip at that because you were recruiting a lot of people, and our events were high quality. And that was very threatening to the people that we were at locally. Yes. So at the time, I was expected to be at a meeting with this person and Kip. I was given 11 minutes, me and my ex were given 11 minutes to go from Brentwood to where we were at in Diamond Bar. Mm. 11. 11 minutes. And when I didn't, this shorter person, let's call him Bob, said, you remember who signs your paychecks. And I, again, I was having a smart-ass moment. And I had very few because I barely spoke. And I said, well, ADP does, the payroll company. You actually (laughs) don't sign anything. But because we had found favor with this person, this person was trying to, maybe we should hire them full-time over here. Mm, It was a threat to someone else. Correct. The other thing that was scary, and when I tell people, well, what makes it a cult? What makes my experience Scientology-like, Nexium type? I was involved, sadly, with the arrangement of marriages. Right. Me too. And I know somebody who I met, you know, and has been married for a long time, and said, I know I was arranged in a marriage. I don't know what to do. And here I am 30 years later. I was told by certain people different elders you get her married or i'm coming back for her and i'll take her to my state and get her married Mm -hmm. i was told by this one person who came to me and later on said i'm not in a call i said i stopped you from marrying so-and-so while we were taking your tithe money while you lived in a converted garage (laughs) (laughs) pretty sure you're in a cult i threw myself and said don't let them get married yeah these people cannot be married I went to places where, for sure, we thought, they're going to get married. Let's just make it happen. I mean, arranged marriages. That makes us no different at the time than the polygamous world. I know. That arranged marriages. Right. I had a bridal shower where the family from the groom was there. The wife, the soon-to-be wife, they're still married, didn't know his birthday. Yeah, I know. Yeah. And I was like, oh, there were, you know... For some reason, in, in in Hebrew, we say, Baruch Hashem, they stay together. <laughs> you know, but m- people that I was told to get married, that either did or they didn't. But a lot of those, I was like, okay, we can make that work. And I was a little competitive silently. I was more mm-hmm. of the silent type. Where I'm like, okay, on. Mm-hmm. See you at the altar in 30 days. Because that's how fast we marry people. Right. And I will add, some people, and you and I know this, 
where if the bride couldn't afford a dress, we pull the bride a dress off somebody else. Of course. To get them married. Right. And so when people say, you know, and I know when I I was the first of my friends, because I got divorced a little bit before you. Yeah. And somebody said, oh, my gosh, you're changing the stats. And I'm like, of what? Because we used to say. Changing the stats of divorce. No two people in the church have gotten divorced. You're changing it. And I'm like, I don't think we have a brochure, first of all. I don't think that's (laughs) on the website. No, you and I were two of the first. Right. But later, but I'm going to say I was there first. You probably were. You Um, probably were. But my whole point is arranged marriages. People that I knew were gay. Yeah, I know. We forced to marry other people. Right. Some didn't work. Surprise. Some (laughs) did. Good luck. You know, and I remember this one person, you know, gloating. He's like, well, I bet you didn't see this coming. I'm like... Yeah, I did. As he's shaking his head in his Versace, I'm like, well, this is good luck. Right. Because we saw it coming. We knew it. Yeah. The numbers were on a piece of paper for yeah. you and I. Get these two married. And yeah. we said, okay. Yeah. I was fortunate enough to already have been married, you know, ahead of time. But it's, again, when you have that perspective of people and when you have people looking down on you because you didn't get married in the church... Oh, they were sinful when they came in. They're not going to be as nearly as godly as us, but we lost it before you, you know? Right. It was kind of those things where that's what makes us dangerous. Our money, what we can do to relationships, that we can teach you to hit your babies right, with a spatula or spoon. We can take your money, and from a 501c, you know, understanding now, we can take your tithe money, you're going to get it back. And we're going to take that too. Yeah. That is where the crime is committed. Mm-hmm. Correct. The Correct. crime is also committed when if something happens and someone doesn't have the ability to go to the authorities. Or speak up for themselves. Or speak up for themselves. Or verbalize what's happened. That is when yes. you are in a cult. When I say I want yep, to leave, yep. I couldn't leave. I saw it and I was looking for it because I'm, I don't know, maybe really Pollyanna deep inside. I thought if I go to this counselor for three years, he's going to write me a note and I'm going to take that note to my leader and he's going to say she's free to go. Mm. <laughs> it doesn't work that and way. And it didn't work that doesn't way. It doesn't work that way, yeah. But even during that time, I tithed enough to get into an audit mess that was $18,000 for me to leave. Mm. On top of what you'd already given. Right. And then again, people <clears throat> mocking us. And I do, and again, the people who made more because they were Caucasian. You know, oh, we already had a house. We didn't have any of that. And then you took all our money and then you mocked us and made fun of us for having less. Correct. You know what I call that? Bullshit. I call Sorry. It, I call it bullshit, of course. But I, the analogy that I use, people that stab you in the mm. back, but then blame you for bleeding. Well, no, but think about that. No, for it is. It, it absolutely is. But at the same time, again, it's all self-awareness um, in in the Talmud, in our Jewish texts, we say the greatest form of wisdom is kindness. Mm. Mm-hmm. And so I can look back now and be kind, but it doesn't mean I'm not going to tell you the truth. Right. And so we had this one person in particular. It's hard for me because he's passed away. He was overweight. And my ex-husband was in charge of him. They were close friends. S-U? Yes. Mm-hmm. And he was so overweight. Of course, it was all physical-based where we were at, where you and I were at at the time. They told him to weigh him. Get a scale. And weigh him. And weigh him. 
every time you get together. <sighs> so my ex-husband, it was his friend at the time. And he said, I'm not going to do that. And we got yelled at, weigh him, put him on a scale. So one time we come back and we were in front of all of our leaders. I remember you being there. And they said, well, how's so-and-so doing? And my ex-husband said, well, he's still fat. <laughs> because the thought of putting his best friend on a yep. scale mm-hmm. was not going to happen. So when you call me to apologize for how you treated me, but you don't acknowledge <clears throat> the other stuff you said, because it was this woman who was my close friend and we're okay now in some ways, but you can't admit that you said something that horrible about somebody. So this person died. I went, I was already had left the church. I was already Jewish. I had taken one of my kids with me. I was surrounded by people in the church, including your former church husband. And I've gotten, I will say I've gotten negative correspondence from your church husband about me leaving Jesus. I know exactly where he's at. I'm just Jewish. Um, We went to this funeral and nobody, and there were tons of people from this church, but because he had left the church, nobody would speak on his behalf in the eulogy. So I, again, I, I don't want to say grow balls because balls are sensitive and they don't have a lot of purpose after childbirth. (laughs) I realized I had a vagina. So I grew a vagina. I took my youngest child up in front of all these hundreds of people and I helped say something about this man's death. And I looked at your church husband at the time and looked at him like, I'm watch- I know you. I looked at my former ex-husband and said, I cannot believe you can't come up here and say anything. Yep. Finally, one other person did, close friend, but after me, just speak on this man's good character. But because he had left the cult, he was not worthy Correct. from my church husband and your church husband. I'm not trying to pick on you and make you cry. That's I apologize. Fine. It's fine. But these men in this cultic mindset could not say anything nice about this man. <clears throat> the same person we had talked about before, CJ. Yeah. I had had a friend that could not have children at the time, <clears throat> was looking through adoption agencies. And so later on said, you know, she needed a letter from her discipler. And the discipler who had been told by this CJ... And the discipler told this woman, who was the most magnificent and still is one of the most magnificent mothers I've ever seen. She said, I can't find anything nice to say about you. Yep. And I went back to this woman and said, did you really say that? I wrote the letter. This woman adopted. She had more children of her own. I believe she's still in church. She's probably a model of mothers that I, you know, I look up to. Yeah. But to be told by somebody in the church because you weren't bringing in the numbers... When you needed a letter for adoption, that I can think of nothing good to say about you. Right. And people stay, and those, and those that couple stayed in the church. Right. Because it's all they knew. Because it's all they knew. It's all they knew. So again, I look like the Hellraiser coming in. <clears throat> but yep. again, to, to, tell, to not be able to <clears throat> say something nice at somebody's eulogy, yeah. to not be able to say something nice about somebody who isn't bringing in numbers... And a matter of fact, the CJ person said, I need you to fix her face. And I said, what does that, what, what does what that does mean? What does that mean? She said, because she doesn't look at me with respect. She, I don't like the way she looks at me. I said, that's her face. <laughs> that is her face. Yeah. And she said, you need to fix it. <clears throat> How am I going to fix somebody's face? And later, the same CJ person that I've complained about, when they got a promotion, when we had purposely, when 30, 40 people had asked for them not to get a promotion. 
And I remember that. They were given the promotion. And this one leader said to me, I saw your face. I saw your face during my promotion. And I'm not okay with it. Yeah. That is the cold. And that is the danger that we have to warn people. It can happen in Christianity. It happens way more than you think. Don't look down on the people that have been in sex cults or Scientology or whatever it is, because it can happen anywhere. To anyone. And we need to teach our children. When I finally had the guts to write this couple who leads a lot of the church, and I said, this is what you did to me. I gave them facts, incidents, not my feelings. There was no feelings whatsoever. And she said, I hope that my children would feel like blah, blah, blah. And I said, you know what? I hope my children will know it's okay to mess up, to own who they are and change. Right. Never heard back from her again. Of course you didn't. I know who you're so, talking about. You know how, because we've talked about it. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. And I've about. helped people. <clears throat> and as I told people, write, write anyway. Write anyway so that they know they're not okay. So when I hear people say, you know, Oh, it's different now because the whole level of people that were annihilated by bad decisions, we're gone. Yeah. We are gone. We're we gone. are burned. The people are left under us that we protected. Somebody, I said, I protected you. I I had you not marry this person. I, you know, you lived in a garage. <laughs> you were made to live with me and my, my ex-husband at the time in a one-bedroom apartment. When we kicked you out six months later, we got in trouble. Yeah. Not you. Yeah. So it's those people have been wiped. So, of course, they can say we're different now. But I tell you what, this is also where the crime is committed. They needed that church to stay open so that they can have jobs. Correct. So that they can still have retirement accounts kept open and a place for their taxes. Because if they they, they know they should have closed, but how are they going to handle that? Where are they going to go after something that horrific? They're not going to go nowhere. So they had to do whatever it took to take that down. Right. Because, Tracy, what are these people going to do in their 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s? 60s and 70s at this point. What are they going to do now? For an income. Right. So they have to make this true. They have to make it work. But when I They hear, have to fight us. But when I hear, and I wrote a letter to somebody who did have a great, you know, 19 years later. I will give her credit for that. But you know what? I wrote her 19 years later. She should have written me 10 years earlier. I know. I know. And she should have gone through and go, ooh, I remember treating her like dog poop. Right. And those are the people. She should have called me. You're a good Christian. You should have called me way earlier, baby. Right. And you don't get to do this or now. And again, I have been, and again, I say this online from your ex uh, church husband. Yes. Uh, that have gone against me since being now that I'm Jewish. Yeah. And have been for the last 15 years. Um, I, they've come after me. Yeah. I and know. I've gotten hate. I mean, hate like you haven't seen. And now I say, you tell me something different because you know it's true. You tell me something different. Mm-hmm. And they have nothing. Right. And that's what I'm coming up against now, where I have offered, sit down with me, with the Bible, on your turf, with your people. You don't even have to use a Bible. Use a dictionary at this point. This stuff is so clear. But Tracy, I'm saying to them to make them feel comfortable. But I think the other thing that helps is when people know your story, as Mm -hmm. I met with people, and I've met with many people to say... And just because I have a good memory, this has much money that this man has stolen from these people. Correct. 
why haven't you done this? Or this person purposely foreclosed so they could live a glamorous life. Sure. And then moved to Laguna Beach. And then preached how you how you claim bankruptcy. Right. To and succeed. Plead, yeah, the, your right. American right is to claim bankruptcy. Yeah. They preach that in the church. You know right. that, right? I do. Yeah. And this is your American That's the right. Thing. Oh yeah, and 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 so and you know it's the and, law of the land. And I've said, like I said, I've had people into my home for Shabbat dinner to talk through things. But again, the people that are still in the church didn't let me go past their backyard. Of course, they didn't. Or said, my kids can't play with you anymore. Right. So now that I'm more, I have a more social presence. Now that I'm more me. Yeah. Other. Uh, oh, Tracy, we always loved you. I'm like bullshit. You're okay with me now, but don't think I'm not going to have a talk with you when we're alone. Or you don't remember. Well, here's the well, here's the funny, here's the jacked up part to that is I remember. And so I had somebody come stay with me in my house that my husband pays for, right? Come in and she literally said, and this was a close friend, and she said, I know you'll be back in the church. Oh, God. Oh, God. Jewish, innocent at God, I'm divorced, I know you'll be back. And I thought... Hmm. Isn't well, that it's, cute? It's the arrogance. It is. It, it is arrogance. arrogance. It is arrogance. It's the deceived arrogance. But I and, I and you know what? And I lost mother figures, sister figures for sure. Um, I do not have one close relationship. I think the last three years, I I gave. 17, you mean in the cult? In the cult. Yeah. I I gave seventeen baby showers in the last three years before I left for people that I knew had no friends. Yeah. None of those people. Of course they don't. And even when they were on Facebook, it's kind of like they were waiting for me to have a bad life. But even... Because you're following Satan. Right. (laughs) And especially since I left Jesus on the side of the road. Right. But even having a kid couldn't even say congratulations. Yeah, of course they can't. And I said, you know what? This is time for me to say, kiss my ass. Right. I've had therapy. I (laughs) I know better now. (laughs) I wish you well. Right. But I wish you truth. Mm. Mm. And until those and people, clarity. No, just truth, because there is people always say there's my truth and your truth and how you see that. No, there is one way things happened. You can have, perceive it different ways. But if I had to have permission to get pregnant, that's not a perception issue. That's you with a calendar sitting yeah. down. So you're getting yeah. a message, by the way. Oh, anyway, again, I just <sighs> think there's not enough. And there's cults everywhere. I'm Jewish. I'm in a very liberal group, but there are so many branches of the of the traditional type that are cults. There are things that I hear. My you know, I try to, and where I you know, Matt. Now somebody told me that wearing a mask was a sign of the beast. That's a big thing where I live. Oh, it's yeah. the sign of the beast wearing a mask for COVID, and I'm like. Have you not Googled that? <laughs> you could save yourself in one YouTube video. Yeah, I know. You know, but it's yeah. that willingness to see. And people think, well, I'm just a Christian. It can't happen to me. I'm not following a UFO. I'm not castrating myself. I'm not branding myself. But they don't realize it really is the same. Hello, let me love you. Follow my, forget what I'm doing. That's harsh. Right. Go against <clears throat> your family. We're going to love you because you're right with God. But if you leave me, you're not right with God. Right. And so that's the danger. And that's so hopefully, listen, I, I as with four kids, I want to show them and I tell them, I want to show you how to mess up and get back up because you're going to do it in every relationship you're and ever okay. in. And it's okay. It's okay. You're going to learn something from yeah. it. 
you have yeah. to you have to learn from it and it's okay well, it's love, okay love can't be fear-based it just can't it can't be fear-based but at the same time fear is a great factor like you guys were very noble in saying you know i wanted to change i didn't want to change the world i just didn't want to go to hell like the thought of that weather burning that wasn't a good scenario for me i don't know if i was yet at that point mm-hmm. for me i i mean i i mean after i left that was all that i was left with no i get you that know, is that and i tried to go to other churches but I, I would you felt phony, didn't I, you? Oh my god, I cried. Yeah, I was I did very, too. very traumatized, and I still hold that really close to me because I would try to try to insert myself in what I actually thought I believed, but I wanted to be something less aggressive in my life, and I could not. It's a heavy do balloon, it. and I just I said, <laughs> I'm done. I'm not doing. And from that day on, I feel at peace that I'm like I am going to go by my conscience. And I believe in a higher power, but I cannot mix myself into all this, all, you know, this organization mm-hmm. where humans are involved. But and that's maybe, where I've been But you can take that. You really can take that. Because it took me a long time to even fill out a membership form for the synagogues that I go mm-hmm. to. And they didn't understand why. They're like, wow, she's really uncommittal. You know, and it, for me, it was such a, it can be, but knowing the ability to walk away. And I've been in other situations now where I see, oh, I'm walking away. Mm-hmm. You know, and I have that ability now where I didn't have that before. Mm-hmm. Or you can take this from me, but I, even I hold a great responsibility from where I'm at now. But I say, my daughter's cheer competition is coming up. Take over. See you later. Mm-hmm. Because I now have that I'm enough. Mm-hmm. When mm-hmm. you have me here... I'm enough, mm-hmm. whether it's in a church. Again, I'm a little lucky because I got to disconnect completely from Christianity because I mm-hmm. tried going to Christian to Christian churches and it wasn't a feel for me. I've had great people help me restore that. Um, but it's, again, it's why it's a danger and why we need to talk about it more. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, guys, here's what we're going to do. We're we are going to, we're going to wrap up for now. <laughs> we're going to what? We're going to eat. We're going to no. eat. We're going to all eat. Sorry. But here's what we're going to do. We're going to wrap up for now. And um, you've convinced me we're going to have to do a part three. Okay. So this is part two. Mm-hmm. Um, I would like the people that are watching to know that none of my notes, not one did we get oh, to. Nixie. <laughs> oh, Nixie. Oh, Nixie. Not one. I blame So Nixie. I was just being a- She's <laughs> just, she's just listening <laughs> in. I was enthralled. I was like, we, wow. We also didn't do our quote of the day. Oh, so we're going to do that in part three. Okay. I mean, it's a good one. So I'm going to say- I gave you one. It was just from the Talmud. That's true. That's okay. true. So this was part two. We're going to have to do a part three, which I'll talk to our producer about, because we're going to have to do that ASAP, because I do want to get into- the leadership stuff and the leadership stories that we have. So we'll do that next time. Okay. But you know what? I think this was perfect because I feel like we had to get all of that good juicy meat that you were sharing to even understand talking about the leadership and why we would do these things. Right. So when we get into the leadership, we'll pick that back up. Very sorry, Nixie. We're going to have to be back. I was already with the wine. I know. So we'll be back. I know the bathroom. Yeah, we'll be back. And I don't think it's far from you. It's not where you live. So we're gonna we're gonna have to do part three. 
a really cool thing is we've never done a part three. So that's how really intrigued and amazing you are that you have now spurred a part three. Just threw up all over you. You did. I love it. It's called the vomit draft. It's, you know what? And that's okay. It's okay. In writing, it is called the vomit draft. I love it. Okay. So I'm going to use part one's quote because okay. I'm going to save the quote I had for part three because it's going to make more sense when we, when we do the leadership conversation. So in light of everything we just shared, let's go ahead and read the the gaslighting quote again. Spiritual gaslighting is the process of trying to condition you to believe the problem isn't the abuse itself, but instead your reactions to their abuse, calling it crazy, sinful, or bitter. And I believe we just put legs and flesh on this quote. Mm-hmm. with our conversation. Mostly you did, Tracy. So thank you. Mm-hmm. So we will be back. I was going to thank my therapist, but I don't think I should name him. <laughs> you can thank them in general. You thank your therapist. I thank my therapist. I thank my therapist. And my good rabbis. And I thank the the free therapy we just had here today. <laughs> I don't have a therapist anymore. You, have, you got a free, oh girl. Oh, my gosh. Okay, you But you guys are giving me therapy now because, honestly, I have buried so many of these feelings deep inside. I'm like, this is not part of my life anymore. But I think that in general, like it is good to talk about these things. Even, you know, when you guys talking to my husband, he's like, I didn't know all this stuff because I stopped talking about it a long time ago because it was like, that's just how I did. I'm like, that's dead. Move on. And plus I was dealing with so much trauma from right. the after effects that I went through therapy. The trauma recovery process. Yeah. Where everything falls yeah. apart. It's yes. your whole, in where your whole yeah. life implodes you know i'll tell you even in the mess of that there's a little beauty that you do get to take with you i take two children with me mm-hmm. i take the ability to throw an event well it's and true. throw and throw a service well in hebrew now that came from those areas but just a little bit of beauty came through with me mm-hmm. and i'll take that mm-hmm. and i call those party favors and i'll take those <laughs> we call them cult party favors mm-hmm. i love it Okay, so uh, we will do definitely do part three. Thank you, my favorite people on the planet, for sure. I do want to come in and want it on video that I, I do want to come in just to say hello to Hoyt. Yes, we should bring you into the studio okay. and you can meet Hoyt. I would like to. Yeah, yes. let's do yeah. it. I'll, I'll, wear the, I'll wear the hat and bring my mug. <laughs> oh, wait, the hat. If anyone wants a hat, come on. Look, Tracy made me take the hat off because she wanted to see my eyes. Well, no, I just didn't want people to think you're running from it. I was. Ru- I'm not running from the law. That's not why I had a hat on. Or the, the you're just leading the flock. I'm just leading <laughs> Thank the you. the ex awesome. the ex flock. <laughs> but um, yes, we do have hats. We're making those in black. If anyone wants one. Um, anyways, guys, as usual, I could talk about this for hours and hours and hours. Mm-hmm. Literally, um, I already read the quote, but remember. Do not give the keys of your life to anybody else. Nobody should have control of your mind and your thoughts except you. And we will see you next time. Ah!